Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. ES Audio. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premiership Rugby. Support with pride. Hello, I'm Lawrence Delalio. Welcome to the Evening Standards Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride. It's been an absolutely cracking weekend of rugby, whichever team you support. So we've got plenty to talk about, and I'm delighted to be joined by the voice of Evening Standards Rugby, Steve Cording, and of course, my very glamorous co-presenter, Sarah Elgin. And our special guest is the man who captained Exeter to a thrilling win over Harlequins this weekend. It's the Chief Sucker, Luke Cowan-Dickey. Hey, Luke, how are you feeling? Yeah, good. Uh, a little bit tired from yesterday, more emotionally yeah. than anything. But yeah, yeah, so I'm feeling good, thanks. Yeah, talking about rescuing victory from the jaws of defeat. Have you kind of recovered from the excitement? What's it like to be part of that game? Because for the fans and the neutrals, it was a brilliant watch. What was it like to be in it? Uh, it was good. Obviously, end of the game, the result is, is all that matters. So, you know, we had a chat after the game and to get a five-point victory against any side in the Prem is good going. Obviously, we're largely in front for the first half going into the second half and we're quite dominant. So, you know, I think there was mixed emotions. I think, you know, we, we had to celebrate it for what it was. And then when we get into training tomorrow, We'll then analyse it because there's quite a few things that didn't go well, but then there was a few things that did. So, Luke, you've been, um, I mean, next term, obviously, you've won three out of three, which is fantastic. As you say, the results, especially early season, really important to get three wins. But two of those at home have both been with the last play of the game and the clock's in the red. I mean, you make a sort of a real habit of that kind of grandstand finish, if you like. I guess a bit of change in your coaching setup in terms of Rob moving upstairs and, and Ali taking more of a, a hands on role. Talk us through a little bit about pre-season and, and how that has gone for you guys, because clearly you, you work pretty hard during pre-season. Yeah, so luckily enough, I missed it pretty much most of any of them. The boys are in from Blooming six in the morning till about seven at night. Now they've worked hard. You know, we, we knew after last season we had to sort of rebrand ourselves, just change a few things of what we're doing. And the boys definitely worked hard in season. Obviously, our defensive coach has changed and the whole system has, and also the attack stuff has changed. So it's obviously subtle changes, but are you playing a bit more differently to the way you did last season? Because, you know, there's been a few changes to the law, obviously. So we don't spend as much time five yards from the line as maybe you used to uh, in seasons gone by. But do, do you feel there's a difference? style about the team at the minute yeah definitely like I said the whole attack system has changed pretty much so obviously it was fresh for me on the weekend I've only really trained two weeks so to fit in it was quite tough but now it's been good obviously we're still good at picking going and five yards out it's just how we adapt to like you said the new laws so we've got a few new things in place and yeah I just feel like the boys are definitely getting on board. I think the first game of the season we played against Leicester and uh, yesterday's game, I think definitely showed our attack off really well. Uh, obviously, Leicester was down a little bit against Worcester, but um, yeah, uh, we're all taking shape at the minute. Um, obviously, we need our defence to start clicking now and then hopefully it'll be a full performance. 
Okay, Luke, so before we get on to full analysis of the matches from the weekend, let's delve a little bit deeper into the world of Luke Cowan Dickey. Don't forget, you can also watch the full extended video podcast at londonpridebeer.co.uk. Please drink responsibly. I know that you were born and raised in Cornwall, uh, along with a couple of the other Chiefs players. Just give us a little bit of an insight into what your sort of early rugby journey was was all about. Was it something that you were sort of planning? Because I know you you come from a fishing family. Maybe you had ideas of being on the boat rather than uh, on the pitch. Yeah, well, to be fair, like you said, my family weren't really rugby oriented, so. At first, it was more just a hobby. So I started when I was about four or five. And yeah, pretty much fishing. There's there's a lot of fishermen down there. So I um, went out my dad's boat a couple of times um, when I was quite young, which wasn't the nicest. So I'm glad, obviously, this has worked out. Uh, but yeah, so it was pretty much a hobby for me up until the age probably of 15, 16, um, when the academy, sort of ex-academy coaches, Robin Cowlin, started approaching guys about going to college. Because at that point, obviously, I, if you didn't approach him, I probably wouldn't have went to college. I probably went on the fishing boats. So yeah, I sort of, sort of got a lifeline with him, uh, went to college. Trail College X Academy and then signed pretty much straight after that. I presume you still um, keep your hand in and go out on the boats occasionally when Dad asks you to? No, I've got no time for that, mate. All the rest of them, I'm not training. Luke, I tell you what, though, if it hadn't worked out for you in rugby, you could have been a pro gamer, couldn't you? But was, were you not, like, world number one for Call of Duty at some stage? I was, but I was, yeah, I was injured, I was single. Um, had a lot of time <laughs> on my hands. So, I was single. So, uh, yeah, I spent probably... The eight months I was out gaming. Um, so, yeah, now nah, it would have been good, but obviously you can only game a certain amount when you've got a kid at home. And When you get back into camp, you and Genji and a few of the other boys will get the console out and have a bit of a go. Yeah, normally we, me and Genji, normally try and room together because we're normally up a bit later than most people um, and we game quite a bit together. So, yeah, there's a good group, to be fair. There's a good group of gamers. Luke, as a proud Cornishman, uh, how do you feel about playing in Exeter and would you love one day to go back and play for the Pirates in the Prem? Yeah, it would have been nice. Obviously, they had some chances, didn't they, a few years back. It'd be nice if there was a, there was a Prem side down in Cornwall because pretty much most of the guys that are any decent in Cornwall, obviously, the Matt Vazies and me and Ozzy, them boys, we all have to move up to here or further to, to play in sort of top-flight rugby. Never managed to play for Pirates uh, when I was younger because obviously I was on loan to Plymouth, so that was obviously a bit annoying. But yeah, maybe one time in my career, maybe when I'm a lot older and I'm about to retire, then I might pop down there if they're willing to have me. But um, it would be nice, definitely, to play with the home crowd. There's quite a few of you, Luke, isn't there? Yourself, Jack Noel, who I know you've obviously grown up with. I think Henry Slade's had a similar journey where you've all kind of grew up in and around the area and then, you know, moved over to the Chiefs. A similar story to myself at Wasp when I joined aged 18. You know, there was a whole load of us that have been there right from the start. That builds kind of quite a deep bond and friendship and relationship with a lot of those players. Yeah, definitely. There's The guys who are playing now, obviously the, the team's changed over the last couple of years a bit, but the core group that we had coming through, um, we played with each other, age group stuff, um, England age group stuff. So we've all been quite tight. I, I've been playing with Nolsey since I was about four. I uh, played with Slady since about 14. Alec Hepburn, same. There's quite a few of the guys in there. And then as soon as we've got that, I've been at the Chiefs now 11 years and we're sort of all in the academy. There's about five or six of us in the academy and our goal was to all play for the first team together at the same time and we made it happen. And now, like you see, I think the success definitely was how Exit ran the academy to start with. And obviously the quality of guys that we brought through and then we're all together and now you can see we're, we're sort of the core of the group. And we saw that emotion as well. You know, you're saying that you're a deep bond and you're all in the academy together. I, I think the moment that I saw that, was when you lifted the Champions Cup in Ashton Gate. I felt like it was even more special for you guys. And I think for us watching, because we, we knew the journey that, you know, the core of you had been on, if that makes sense. Was that the moment for you as well that you were like, ah, we've made it? Yeah, definitely. I think so. 
obviously, like previous to that, our Champions Cup sort of run has been awful. And we knew we were building, you know, we were getting into Prem Finals and even that first Prem Final that we got to, it was a massive step for us because there was quite a few of us, like you said, that's been brought up through the academy that was in the team. So I think, yeah, the journey and like you said, the double, I think was definitely the, the height of, of us as an academy guys. At first, we just wanted to play for the first team and then to win a double with the guys you grew up with, yeah, was definitely special. A bit annoying, obviously, crowds weren't there, but it was still good. It, it, I think it just made the moment with your friends, the guys that you grafted all year with a bit more special. So that's the way of looking at it. What's the chat been like amongst the boys that Sam's, obviously Sam Simmons is going to go at the end of the season? How do the rest of the boys feel about that? To be fair, well, I only actually properly found out before the game, so there hasn't really been too much chat about it. But yeah, obviously it's, it's disappointing, but people decide to leave and decide to go places for certain reasons. And obviously it's his decision to do that. And I wish him all the best. Obviously Gus, because he's a quality player. But, you know, we've got him for another year at our place. So hopefully he'll do some magic for us and, and win us a few uh, trophies. Yeah, it was good to see him named in the England squad because, of course, he's you know he, he will be eligible to uh, to play in the World Cup and he's, he's going to go after that. Another player that was in that squad, Jack Knoll, and I think he's your ne- next door neighbour as well. Yeah, he's literally just just over that gate. We found a photo of two playing for England age group together, which was uh, which was very funny. I mean, the lids have obviously changed a little bit since then. Not that I can talk about <laughs> that. But, uh, do you have one hairdresser for, for the pair of you then? No, nah, so back in them days, my mum used to cut my hair. So that's why, obviously, I had my mullet and bleached mullet, whatever really she fancied doing I had but now yeah we've got a barber now uh, in Crediton his name's Rob um, obviously it's free cuts which which is <laughs> major anything's free is is brilliant um, but now yeah we go to him all the time so and again he's, he's down to do whatever to our hair as you can tell a lot of the Exit boys have strange hairdos so yeah I am going to ask you about England because it's uh, it's obviously a very exciting year for you. I know that you don't focus on it straight away, but you are in the squad. Um, you've got a block of three kind of parts of the season, really, autumn and then Six Nations. And then obviously, you know, fingers crossed, everything goes well for the World Cup. Obviously, it is um, it is an exciting year. How do you feel about what's going on with the team? You know, there's, there's a lot of changes to that squad, isn't there? I mean, it's obviously, there's a few out, out injured. But it, it feels like there's a, there's a really different feel about it going into this World Cup year. Yeah, definitely. I think summer tour was brilliant we had quite a few changes but the group itself the core group was still the same it's weird to say I can't it's not like a it's a sort of a club vibe but obviously it's not as international but the way the boys are the way we knit there's no cliques um, over the last few years that's definitely been the best it's been and even Australia going down the first test for us boys because we had quite a few young boys on the bench too to come back from that I think it shows shows a lot of strengths in the team so like you said I'm excited there's quite a few guys in and out uh, with injuries and stuff like that but again there's no disruptions when they come in or they go out because quite a few boys these days now we've found when we're outside obviously of England stuff you, you still sort of keep an eye on it you still sort of chat to the boys so you know the England guys that you're with so we try and keep in contact and if you're back in it's, it's pretty much a seamless switch and Lou you must have a good relationship with Eddie Jones because he played hooker himself so he must have a little soft spot for, for you crazy guys in the front row yeah me and Eddie going well mate um, obviously early on in my career we didn't go on too well but now yeah the, the, he's <laughs> meant to be fair um, you know you were saying that like the vibe has changed like recently like, what do you think that's down to I don't know I think you know we, we have certain boys on socials not drink socials but just socials whether it's you know go karting or going cinema or and a lot of boys are just buying into that I think guys just enjoying each other's company and I think there's definitely I want to win like, everyone wants to win obviously but I feel like at the moment the boys are desperate to win so um, I definitely feel like that is definitely yeah put us in the right step thanks Lee we're going to have some more questions for you a little later on but um, should we round up the weekend's action then gents we'll always start on Friday night 
Exeter. It's all Wasps visiting Bath at the Rec. Both teams looking for their first win of the season. At halftime, they looked like the same old story, didn't it, for Bath? But what a second half. I mean, not one that Wasps fans will want to relive, apart from the final whistle, I'm sure. But it, it was a crazy game. Yeah, it was. I mean, listen, it, it was um, a difficult week for Wasp players, I would imagine, given all the news off the field. But I think Joe Launchbury, Jack Willis and the, the guys got everyone together. And it can go one of two ways, you know. And I think they made sure that it went the right way. They came out of blocks really fast. They played some outstanding rugby, to be honest, which they have done in the first two games. They just haven't done it for the for the whole match. And I think Wasp, when they're at their best, you know, they've got that ability. As you said, they don't do it easy, do they? I mean, I think they were they were winning so comfortably at half time, and then all of a sudden Bath come right back into the match. So uh, yeah. A lot for Bath to sort of hold on to, but it's a big job to do there. There is a massive job. You know, they are conceding five tries a game at least, which is which suggests that there's an issue culturally to me. I'm no defence coach, but if you're not getting off the floor and getting yourself back in the game quicker than, you know, than they are at the moment, you're going to struggle. I guess you could look at that match and then just say, well, that was a blueprint for the rest of the weekend because every single game, bar maybe one, was sort of high scoring, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Because on Saturday, Bristol, they continued their winning run. They saw visitors London Irish. What was it? Was it 40 points to 36, I think, the final score there? Um, Ellis again, Steve again, making his mark for the Bears. Um, it's fair to say that he's already offering kind of talisman status, isn't it, to Pat Lamb and his team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Pat Lamb said, even though they've got 14 out of 15 points, he's still not completely satisfied with the way they play. But it's difficult to see where they can improve, probably defensively. But I mean, I think there's obviously a danger of looking at Genji and going, He's the talisman. He's the one who's leading it forward. But there were some outstanding performances from the other Bristol players as well. I mean, I think particularly Harry Randall, uh, Luke Morrohan, who both scored tries, really, really played well. And I think it's just, they're not just a one-man team, clearly. He's made a difference in terms of changing that mentality. But I think there are other people to look at. And in terms of Irish, I mean, I think if you're going to buy a season ticket this year, it's probably they're the ones to watch. I mean, first team to 100 points before Chiefs and Quinns both got past that mark this weekend but obviously just need to improve I think Les Kiss said they had a great start and a great end and a terrible middle so that's clearly something that they need to work on but definitely the entertainers of the Premiership anyway. Luke Ellis Genge, um, you obviously know him like pretty well, I'd have thought. What is it about his personality that, I don't know, I guess people follow, don't they? He had that effect at the Tigers and now he's having it again with the Bears. He's quite up front, so he, he says what he what he thinks. He doesn't beat around the bush. Um, and I think that's what you like about him. All of his emotion is basically shown, especially in training and in games. He's quite tough sometimes to build up to a game. You know he gets a bit more aggressive, a bit more angry as the game gets closer. But that's what you like, especially when he's on your team. You know, you know he's in a good way. But yeah, that's that's probably what it is. He's just straight up front front of you. You know what you're getting. Okay, so last Saturday, saw the 250th East Midland derby between Northampton and Leicester. Last week you predicted Northampton would take that game. You were wrong. I'm just pointing that out for you. Uh, but anyway, they started well. Lawrence, didn't they? That's my problem. I, I always used to think as a player, if I'm playing at home against anyone, you're going to win. Um, but you have to believe that because it's the most important thing about winning is believing that you can win. And to be honest, 20 minutes into the game, so I, I thought that actually Northampton were not only going to win, but win by a lot. They're a very, very accomplished rugby side. They play some very pretty stuff, but what they haven't quite got at the moment is that real kind of, that core of steel that runs through their forward pack, especially when Courtney Laws went off halfway through the game. Unfortunately, whether you like it or not, the set piece is such a massive part of the game now. And Leicester, as we know, everything starts and finishes with their set piece. And good old Dan Cole and the boys just did a complete job on them, really, and just smashed them to pieces. And it's a bit of a worry for Northampton. You know, they, they will win more games than they lose. There's no doubt about that. They're a quality side. But their record against the top teams around them, Exeter, Quinns, Gloucester and Leicester, is woeful. 
And the reason it's woeful is because their set piece is not good enough. And they either need to sell a fly half and go and buy a couple of international props, or they need to find a way of staying in games and hanging in games. Listen, I didn't have the best scrum. We didn't have the best scrum at Wasps. And every time we played against Leicester, we just found a way of, of surviving, if you like, and trying to move the focus of attack away from the scrum. Don't drop the ball, that helps. But, uh, you know, I felt for them, but Leicester were magnificent. When they hang on in there and the second half performance was was outstanding. Obviously, Freddie Stewart, three tries, but really it was Dan Cole, Joe Hayes and the boys that did the job on Northampton. Sarah pointed it out though in commentary. How small, Luke, is that away dressing room at Northampton? And would that be your motivation to go out there and win? It is tiny. Looks like a cupboard. It's quite a few small ones, to be fair. Do you know when you go turn up at a ground, they're going to turn up the heating here and it's going to be tiny and there's going to be no room? Of course. Yeah, pretty much, mate. That's normally what happens. But if it doesn't happen, you know you're winning, do you know what I mean? So they're going to have to do something. You got it too nice at Sandy Park. They look nice and roomy, those changing rooms, aren't they? They're nice. Yeah, they're, mate, they're decent. I do sometimes say we should leave a floater in the toilet. The <laughs> Never get past, but we're not allowed to, we're not allowed to do that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premiership Rugby. Can I ask you though, Luke, about kind of Leicester scrum really quickly? Like, how difficult is it to to go up against them when they are firing like they were in that second half on on Saturday? Yeah, it's tough. Like Lawrence said, set pieces pretty much everything at the moment. You've seen in our game on the weekend, we, we managed to, to win in the end, but there was parts of our set piece, our scrum was letting us down. You know, Leicester scrum, when they're on and they're on, on you're struggling straight from the start. It's, it's easy field position. You know, if you're going to get pens from your scrum, which Leicester do, they can just march you up the field, which, yeah, is, is quite daunting. But like Lost said, you need to try and survive that. Like, you know, we're all a lot smarter these days. There, there's things you can do to sort of help you in the set piece, uh, but that can only go um, a certain way. I think the challenge and, and the thing that, Ali Heifer wouldn't have been really pleased about is that they got themselves in like Chiefs got themselves in a bit of a hole at the weekend where the game was slipping away from them. But they and they did this against Leicester. They found a way on the field of working that out and coming up with the right solutions. Not waiting until Monday morning till till the debrief and going, well, why didn't we do this, this, and this? Same with um, with Leicester. Leicester were in a, a bit of a pickle after 20 minutes. 
And yet they hung on in there and they found a way of getting the solutions at the end of the game. And, and that brings us sort of nicely on to Saracen Sar. I mean, they were terrible in the first half. Nothing they did was, was anywhere near the standards they set. But Owen Farrell uh, and co kind of found a way of turning it around. And that's what really good sides do. You know, it's not about waiting till you're in the debrief on Monday morning and, and going, well, why didn't we do that? It's about coming up with the solutions either at half time or, or halfway through the second half. And and Saracens did exactly that, really. When you're 36-20 down against a team as good as Gloucester, you shouldn't really be winning that game, but they did. What did you think of it, Steve? Yeah, I was just going to ask Lol, actually. I mean, Farrell, I mean, obviously Mark McCall said afterwards he lives for those moments. I mean, has he got to play it at 10 now for England? Well, look, I'm, I've been very clear about it. I'm not Eddie Jones and not the England coach, but if Manu and Slady are fit, I think Farrell starts for me at 10. He's a test match animal and I would have Marcus on the bench and I bring him on. And I, I do believe that both of them can coexist on the same rugby field. I just don't think starting them against some of the top teams necessarily works as well as it can. I think Owen is a much better 10 than he is a 12 and there's room to have two of them in the squad. So that, that for me, but... Obviously, we've been forced down that route because Manu has never managed to stay fit. But hopefully, Touchwood, he seems to be in great nick at the minute. OK, so we move on then. Um, Worcester welcomed Newcastle to six ways. I, at the time that now that we're recording this, we're still not certain about Worcester's future. But if that is their last game, we hope that it's not at home, obviously. What a great way for the players to to, to make a final yeah, so you, you felt the sorrow for them because it, it was a bit of a funeral atmosphere there, really. I mean, I'm led to believe that Steve Diamond gave them a vote on the Friday as to whether they would play because they didn't have to play. Um, and the players unanimously said, of course, we're going to play, you know, because there's all sorts of issues around insurance. If they get injured medically, you know, what happens to them if there's no physios at the club, etc. So no player had to play, but they obviously all voted unanimously to do that. And they've left their mark. I mean, it, it didn't sound good from what Steve Diamond was saying that you know he's given them a week off which kind of says everything really about what he thinks will happen and if I was reading between the lines I think looks like they will be going into administration but he feels there might be something further down the line so fingers crossed as you said they played very well what's going on with those lime jerseys from Newcastle by the way where have they popped I up I like from? them I, mean, I thought Steve you borrowed one you're wearing one on <laughs> Okay, uh, let's talk um, Harlequins, um, Exeter then, and that kind of just rounded off, didn't it? A fantastic weekend of matches. Sunday's game, Luke, it was a real roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mental, if you ask me. First half, obviously, things were coming off for us. We were really on top. We got a decent point lead. We were scoring tries. Everything was going really well. Um, coming into halftime, you know, boys weren't too happy. We knew we had another another half to do, another another job. Um, and, and yeah, we just sort of started crumbling. We just couldn't really get a hand on the game again. You know, they were up in the set piece. They were scoring tries. Their boys were missing tackles. At that point, I was on the bench, so I could have no impact in the game. So it was even worse for me. The last minute try, obviously, was was pretty mad. We were on our five meter line, probably three or four phases, going nowhere. Um, and next minute, we're up the other side, scoring. Did you have a better view of the? Uh, I'll put it in the inverted commas. Forward pass than the TMI. No, it wasn't. Harlequins were happy though, were they? It wasn't uh, forward. Yeah. I think they got to the right decision. Had the game been played at Harlequins, it probably would have been. Uh, yeah, around. Uh, I think look, is it, I don't think Harlequins can grumble. They've they've rolled the dice on so many occasions in, in that situation, and they've come out on top. So uh, it's just one. They they still came away with two points, and I think everyone left thinking that they'd watched a, a thoroughly brilliant game of rugby. What's the feeling like at the moment, Luke? Because I think there was a feeling, wasn't there, at the end of last season that you guys didn't kind of hit your own or reach your own expectations that you let yourself down a little bit last term does it feel different does it feel like a different environment at the moment yeah definitely sort of had a few debriefs last season there's sort of six or seven of us in the leaders group and we sat down with the coaches and 
sort of planned ahead for this year. And like I said, pretty much everything has changed um, as much as it can do. I feel like last season we were sort of divided to a certain extent. Players, coaches, physio, we, we sort of weren't one team, whereas this year it's, it's definitely better. Do you like the new logos? I don't mind. It looks a bit like Nolsey and Ryland, doesn't it, put, put together. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with it, mate. I'll go with it. <laughs> That's good to hear. Okay, so shall we then decide which player from the weekend was outstanding? Outstanding. Supported by Fuller's London Pride. So many incredible performances this weekend. The rugby was brilliant. Uh, Lawrence, who are you going for? Well, I'm going to go for an older gentleman. I think he's about 35 years of age. Uh, He plays prop. Uh, His name's Dan Cole. And I just think when you retire from international rugby or you're stood down and you're not no longer picked in the international team, the motivation to play at that level is quite tough, you know, but he's got himself in great nick. Probably the best shape I've seen him in for a long time. And he was outstanding at the weekend. Scrummaging, but he was carrying as well. He was, you know, trying to get back to make tackles. I just thought his all-round game was superb. So he's my outstanding player of the week on Matt King Cole. Steve? Yeah, it has to be Luke Cowan Dickey, doesn't it? 47 outstanding minutes. Oh, yeah. outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> we want him to come back on again. Uh, I'm going to go back to Friday night. Actually, Lowell's old team, Wasps. Jacob Bermaga at fullback. I loved his performance on Friday night. Set up three tries, two long passes, 19 points. I thought, for me, he was uh, my outstanding player of the weekend. He looks like he's been to Crediton to have his hair cut as well, by the look of him. He's had, he's had, a, he's had a whole bottle of that, that hair fluid on his head. <laughs> hair it anyway. It's called bleach, Lawrence. It's called yeah. bleach. <laughs> <laughs> hair fluid. Yeah. Did you did you never have your, your hair bleached back in the day then, Long? No? Yeah, mate, I, tried, I, I did it myself with food colouring. That's probably why. You weren't I'm... a new romantic. <laughs> so. Didn't go so well. Don't try that at home. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Luke, have you got anyone for us? Yeah, obviously I'm going to go with my guy, Chris, uh, number seven, the Welsh guy from the weekend. He scored two tries and he's only young. He's, he's still really young, but the way he performed on the weekend, it's like he's been playing loads of games. So And to get the last, obviously, match-winning try. Um, so yeah, for me, it's Chris. I was actually going to go maybe for Chris or Luke Northmore. I thought he was good. But I think I'm going to go for Billy Sal, actually, just because like I'm emotional and I just love the whole story of Worcester winning at the weekend. Uh, yeah, and I just thought it was a really accurate display. And for what they've been going through recently, I just thought it was a really good performance. So there you go. Okay, so those are the outstanding players done. So should we look ahead really quickly to next weekend then? Um, Quick chat through round four. Let's make a few predictions. Newcastle host Bristol at Kingston Park. It's not been a great start for them, um, but they are at home. What, what do we think will happen there, Steve? I think um, Brownie summed it up for us last week, really, where Newcastle are, and uh, you can't see anything but a Bristol win, I'm afraid there. Four out of four for Bristol. Uh, London Irish Bath, how are we seeing this one go, Lawrence? Is it tough to call? Do you know what? It's difficult to call because I think Bath will be... Um, I just think then... They've got to stop leaking tries. And if there's one team that scores tries, it's London Irish. And uh, so I think that they've got a lot of work to do on the training park. And I'm not sure how much of that you can get done in a week. So I do see London Irish uh, bouncing back and winning that one. Okay, so say welcome Exeter, um, who no doubt we've heard we were buzzing after yesterday. Both teams unbeaten, Steve. I mean, this promises to be a really good contest, doesn't it, this one? It does. It's a really tough one to call. Remember, I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to say that uh, Luke's going to score the winning try as time expires. On the 47th minute. Yeah, exactly. 46, <laughs> No, I think the Chiefs look really good, refocused, repurposed. There's obviously um, a lot of belief there. It'll be a tough match at sale, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs away win. Happy with that, Luke? Yeah, very happy, mate, yeah. 
for anything else I'd have, I'd have hung up. <laughs> um, so we've already got two, two more games to go. It's all hung up yet. All right, Saracens, Leicester. Um, I mean, that's another one to look forward to. Another matchup between two unbeaten teams. Who will be the most confident, Luke, going into this, do you think? I don't know. Uh, I'll say Leicester will be obviously quite confident. And their set piece is going well. But again, Saracens and Leicester, they both have a good set piece. I think it's going to be tough. I think it'll be close. I'm going to have to say Saracens, I think. If it's a close one and there's a couple of minutes to go, Saracens always come out top. And last but not least, Southampton travel to the Stoop Lawrence. Both teams in good positions to come away with a win last weekend, but they didn't. So who's coming out on top of this you know one? What? It's a, I mean, I think it's a really interesting one to call because similar styles of the rugby, you know, they like to get the ball out into the wide channels. But uh, Quinns are a tough team to beat at home. So I, I'd, I'd go with Quinns just, but um, I think Alex Dombrant's still out injured, isn't he? He's not in the England squad. I think, um, you know, he's, at, he's actually quite key to, he does a lot of things that, they've got some great players in their pack, but he does a lot things that those players can't do so if he's missing again this weekend Northampton still have a, a very good chance of winning okay so should we put our guest then Lawrence into the spotlight tackled supported by Fuller's London Pride hope we we don't embarrass you in any way I think you might have listened to last week's questions but it's, they're quite quick so don't need to think too much about them your full name please Luke Anthony Cowan Dickey Anthony all right Tony what's your favorite takeaway <laughs> Uh, five guys. Uh, so any celebrity crush? Um, I haven't actually. No, I haven't actually got one there. Okay, I, I can understand that. Uh, what was the last <laughs> film you watched? What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I can't actually remember the last movie, but I watched. I'm watching that Jeffrey documentary on Netflix. I'm not Jeffrey, whatever his name is. Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, Sarah knows that. She watches everything. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love. I love a bit of Netflix. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast when you were up with your little son Arlo? Uh, I just had a shake this morning. Fasting. Yeah, have you got an obvious nickname, or do you have a do you have a couple at the club? Um, Dicky, mainly. What about Luke Cowan Sicky? I read that. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that didn't stick, did it? No, nah, it's stuck for about a month. <laughs> yeah, about a month. It still comes up every now and again. Okay, <laughs> who is the most famous person in your phone, other than your next door neighbour? Yeah, I was going to say him. Um, Robin Cowling. There we go. And who would play you in a film of your life? Uh, Jack Black. <laughs> Like, you know. <laughs> that's a great shout <laughs> well that probably answers the next question who's the funniest person you know well I don't know him but Jack Black yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you a dog or cat person uh, dog okay do you have a dog I have two French bulldogs yeah and I don't know why I knew you were going to say you had French I bulldogs I know well they say that dogs look like their owners don't they <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a great day then will you uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish <laughs> what was it? What's your um? What's your favourite karaoke song? So Elvis Presley will be. It'll be an Elvis Presley song. Any? Uh, actually, Suspicious Minds probably. Yeah. Have you seen the film? No, Sorry, I haven't actually seen it. No, no, so no. So good. Yeah, so I'll good. have to watch it. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Um, and which superhero would you most like to be? Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Superman. Who's the best rugby player of all time? Or who's the who's the hooker that you watched growing up that you really really thought so that really got you excited about rugby? Oh, I can't remember his name. It was the Kiwi hooker literally years years ago. I can't remember his name now. Sean Fitzpatrick, uh, Norm Hewitt. Uh, no, not as laid back as that. Mia Lamu. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he got about two hundred caps for New Zealand. He was a very good player. Yeah. And what has been your most memorable rugby moment? You've had a few. You've been capped for England. You've been you've done the double. What what's been the one that sticks in your mind and, and you think oh, I wish if I could it never got any better than that. Probably well the double. Um, it's weird because it's, it's two, but that year, the, the sort of the last two weeks of that year. Yeah. Oh, I think that's pretty special. I think that we can we can we can accept that. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's a very nice moment. 
That's all for this episode of the Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride. My thanks to Sarah and to Steve. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks to Luke Karandicki, of course, for being such a great guest. Thanks, Luke. Thank you very much. Don't forget to follow us and make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And if you like them, when you hear them, then please give us a wonderful rating. Remember, you can watch the full extended video podcast of today's episode at londonpridebeer.co.uk. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio, supported by Fuller's London Pride, official beer of Premiership Rugby. Support with pride. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.